This prophecy of rain and plenty was preceded by a lot of chaos. In chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, the prophet Joel tells of a plague of locusts that ravaged the land. I don't know if you've ever seen a locust, but when they're fully grown, they look like grasshoppers on steroids. I find them terrifying. (laughs) And when the conditions are right, locusts breed and multiply, growing into massive, ravenously hungry swarms over just the course of a few weeks. A desert locust swarm, the kind that the Israelites might have encountered, can be as large as 460 square miles, with 80 to 160 million locusts per square mile. A swarm of that size could eat 423 million pounds of plants in a single day. And the prophet Joel's words, what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten, and what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. The fields are devastated. The ground mourns, for the grain is destroyed, the wine dries up, the oil fails. Sometimes... The locusts come for us, for our loved ones, for our communities. I remember that in my first week of ordained ministry, I got an unexpected phone call. One of my dear friends from college had died from brain cancer at 28 years old. And with this news, the locusts came in droves, dead set on their paths, and consumed me. Where once I had fields of grain and good wine, there was only dust. My friend, once young and vital, with a boisterous laugh and a love for philosophical debates, was gone. My grief left me empty and hollowed out. I imagine that you have also found yourselves plagued by locusts that have devoured everything that softened your days on this earth. Perhaps you also received one of those unexpected phone calls bringing news of death. Perhaps you can't stop thinking about the murder of another young person in Richmond last week, not even two miles from here. Perhaps you are facing the effects of a chronic illness for yourself or a loved one. Maybe you had a conversation that marked the end of a relationship. Perhaps you're in the middle of a conflict that defies all compromise or resolution and you can't see a way forward. Or perhaps you thought your life would turn out one way and it's taken an unexpected and painful turn. Perhaps you've encountered the injustices of a world structured around profit rather than people. Maybe you're burnt out from giving and giving, and there just isn't anything else to give. The ground of your being mourns. Your fields are devastated, and there is nothing left. In more ways than you can imagine or even understand, the locusts destroy you consuming every living bit of you. 
Where once you had fields of grain and good wine, there is only dust, emptiness, and longing. Longing to be with all that you have lost. Longing to find some respite in the midst of grief and exhaustion. Longing for your fields to grow again. This was what the prophet Joel was facing. A wasteland and the end of the world as he knew it. How could his community recover from every plant for hundreds, even thousands of miles being consumed by swarm upon swarm of locusts? How can new life come from our own wastelands? What more could there be to the story but dust begetting dust? And yet, praise be to God, there is more to the story. After the ecological devastation that the people of Israel endure, God sends rain. And not just one afternoon rain, not, uh, not just a little bit of rain, but abundant rain. The early and the later rain for the thirsty earth. Rain to restore, rain to renew, rain to bring life again. Because of that water from the heavens, the grain grows in abundance, as do the grapevines and the olive trees, so that the people of Israel will have all the food and wine and oil that they need. God baptizes the people with life-giving rain, soaking into the ground, preparing for life to spring up and flourish again. When my friend died, I worked it out with my church so that I could fly out to the funeral in California with just enough time to make it back for Sunday worship. I was thankful to be at my friend's funeral. But the real rain in the wasteland was the company of our mutual friends. We had gone to college together, we'd been in each other's weddings, and now we were moving through this loss together. I couldn't hide from the pain when I was with them, and they made me feel safe enough to experience the depth of my sorrow. Through them, God was watering my fields, blessed rain finding me in my wasteland. I wonder what the rain in the wasteland is for you. How is God watering your fields? How will God soak the ground with water even before anything has dared to sprout up from the dust? The good news is that God continues to baptize us with healing rain long after the waters of the font flowed over us. Through baptism, God births us into new life giving us the breath of God, God's spirit, God's ruach. And when we remember our baptism, we don't just remember that this happened to us once long ago, but that we still live with the life that was sprinkled or poured or that surrounded us when we were baptized. We still breathe with the holy breath with which God filled our souls at baptism. Even in the wasteland of grief and sorrow, pain and disappointment, 
Our baptisms remind us that God brings the rain. Rain to restore, rain to renew. Our lives will never be the same as they once were. But we also won't have to live in the wasteland forever. The rain might come through a blossoming friendship, through prayer, through a conversation with a spiritual director. It might come through unexpected financial help, through a mentor or a chance meeting with a stranger. It might come through a new routine or practice. Sometimes the rain comes through a song that speaks to your heart. Sometimes the rain comes in the silence. Or not the silence. (laughs) Sometimes the rain comes in seeking justice and equity in big and small ways. Just as God gave life to the Israelites after the plague of locusts by sending the rain, so God gives us life after what might feel like total destruction by sending life in all these different kinds of ways. This is who we are. Baptized people, marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit poured out on us. May you remember your baptism, not with your mind, but in the very depth of your being. When you take a deep breath, say to yourself, I am baptized into God's family, and God's Holy Spirit has been poured out on me. When you cry and tears run down your face like the water did when a priest or pastor baptized you, say to yourself, I am baptized into God's family, and God's Holy Spirit has been poured out on me. When a storm rolls in, when the wind blows through your hair, when you're thirsty and you drink a cool glass of water, say to yourself, I am baptized into God's family and God's Holy Spirit has been poured out on me. Because yes, sometimes the locusts come for you, for your loved ones, for our communities, grief disappointment, sorrow. Sometimes they make a wasteland of our hearts. And yet it is also true that God baptizes that wasteland with abundant rain, the early and the later rain, until the ground of our being breathes out new life. May we all remember our baptism in the wasteland in the rain, and in what we hope will someday be grain-filled fields again. And may we be the rain in another's wasteland, preparing the dusty earth for something new to grow. Amen. Amen.